Good morning, everyone. Well, if you are new or visiting us uh, this morning, my name is Alyssa Weens, and I'm the youth pastor here at First NAS, and uh, it is just such an honor to have you with us this morning. Welcome. Uh, we are glad to have you here. I'm going to do that embarrassing shout-out thing. I have some friends that are joining us all the way from BC. Um, they're all back here. Other names are Rick and Monica, um, and they're visiting us from Lake Country. Um, so if you get a chance to hound them and harass them after the service, please do so. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Um, and this is actually the first time I've been to church in a little while, which is funny and strange as a pastor, um, but it's because our family has been off having epic adventures all summer long. And this summer, my husband and I celebrated our ninth anniversary. So nine years of marriage. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Maybe you clap when we get to 10. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so as most of you know, um, if you've been married uh, for a while, you know that there are traditional gifts uh, that go alongside each year of marriage. So um, I'm not so good at following this, but my husband is actually. And it turns out that the traditional gift for the ninth year of marriage is pottery. Um, and so Jay got me uh, this really cool dish. Um, you see it? Now, I don't know if you can see it from there, uh, but it's been broken. Not by accident, though, not by accident. Jay did it on purpose. Um, it's actually uh, an ancient Japanese art form called kintsugi. And in kintsugi art, um, it's pottery that has been broken, um, and it's essentially put back together using uh, gold. It's really beautiful. Now, Jay did not use gold for mine. Um, <laughs> Not because he's cheap, um, but because I love the color turquoise. It reminds me of water, and as you can see, I love water, or I did love water before that. Um, but I love water, and uh, so that's why he did the color turquoise. But traditionally, the seams of the pottery um, and kintsugi art are put back together with gold, as you can see in these slides here. Now, Jay did break this bowl intentionally in order to make the kintsugi art for me. But traditional kintsugi is pottery that has been broken by someone else. It's been dropped, um, it's been abandoned, misused, abused, shattered, tossed aside. Um, because let's face it, um, broken pottery is worthless. Right? It, it's worthless. You can't hold water or juice or soup uh, with broken pieces. And not just that, but broken pottery is also dangerous, right? Because you've got these sharp edges laying around. So if I start bleeding everyone, everywhere, that's why, because I've got broken pottery up here. Now, this art form, this kintsugi art form, is, is very symbolic and very beautiful. Um, it suggests that just because something is no longer brand new, um, but rather has been broken and, and shattered, uh, it doesn't mean that, A, it can't be put back together, but more than that, it suggests that the gold, because of the gold in the breaks, um, it suggests that the true worth of the pottery is found in those gold seams, in the places where it's been put back together, in the scars. The richest, worthiest, most beautiful part of the pottery, the beauty of the pottery is in the scars, in the places where it's been healed and put back together. 
And my husband gave me this incredibly meaningful gift because he knows that I am drawn to this art form. I love it um, because I know what it's like to feel broken and worthless. Uh, for the first few years of my life, um, up until I was five, my family seemed pretty cookie cutter, at least to me. Um, I had a dad, a mom, a brother, we lived in a house. Uh, it was not perfect, but it was mine, and it was good. And when I was five, my parents uh, decided to separate, and that was hard. I missed seeing my dad. Uh, I only got to saw him every two weeks, and we had to move to a new house, a smaller house. I had to go to a new school. Um, but it was okay. Um, we made it work. I would say that at that point, my world wasn't broken. Um, it was just cracked, maybe a little. Uh, but then when I was seven, something happened. Um, my parents got into a really big fight. They were right in the thick of their divorce. So they're fighting over custody of who would get the kids and how often and when. Uh, and in the middle of that fight, uh, my mom did something quite drastic to hurt my dad. She sat me down uh, and, and she told me that my dad was not my real dad. Uh, my brother was not my, my full brother. He was only my half-brother. And not only that, but that she wasn't actually sure who my real dad was. It could be one of a couple different guys from long ago. She had no idea. And forget being broken into a few pieces. In that moment, my seven-year-old self felt completely shattered, beyond recognition. Um, you know those childhood memories that you have? Um, usually it's when hard things happen, unfortunately, but where you can still remember like exactly what the room looked like and what you were wearing and, and how it smelled and where everything was. I even remember what the phone looked like from this memory when I was seven. It was a huge moment for me because all of a sudden, in one fell swoop, I no longer knew who I was. Uh, where I came from. I didn't know who was mine. I didn't know who I looked like. The me that I had known and the me that I, I knew myself to be suddenly ceased to exist. I didn't know what was true anymore. And in my little girl heart, all of those broken pieces, all of those unknowns, all of those lies that I had been living with for seven years meant to me that I was worthless. Now, that's a pretty dramatic story of brokenness, right? Of feeling worthless and feeling shattered. But I think regardless um, of whether it's caused by one big bomb drop like that for me, or maybe um, whether it's a bunch of little breaks, maybe uh, years of abuse or harsh words from a spouse or a parent or teachers or peers or colleagues, maybe breaks from moments of anxiety and depression, maybe a struggle with addiction or with discontentment or self-esteem. Maybe it's skeletons in the closet that are buried deep away in the past. Whatever that might look like, there's no denying this morning that there's brokenness in this room or that there has been brokenness here and now in each one of us. Whether it's caused by ourselves or by others, there are feelings of worthlessness among us. Because try as we might, no matter what we tell ourselves, we are all broken and we are all trying to put ourselves back together one way or another. 
And this process, uh, this process of picking up our broken pieces and trying desperately to put them back together ourselves, which is what we do, we do that naturally, um, it's what's sometimes called hustling for our worth. Um, if you've heard of Brene Brown, uh, she uses this language quite a bit. Uh, she says this, she says, when we spend a lifetime trying to distance ourselves from the parts of ourselves that don't fit with who we think we are supposed to be, we hustle for our worthiness by constantly performing, perfecting, pleasing, and proving. And it's really this idea of scrambling, of, of doing whatever it takes to find something in our life to define ourselves by, to make us worthy of love and acceptance by those around us. So we hustle for our worth. We try to put our pieces, our brokenness, back together ourselves. And, and how that looks is a variety of different ways. Um, now, you don't have to raise your hand, but if I come to a particular, I'm going to give you five ways, five ways that we, uh, we hustle for our worth. And if I come to one and it sits with you and you're like, yep, I know I do that, go ahead and nod if you want or just acknowledge it inside, but do what you can um, to just agree, agree and acknowledge that, yep, maybe you look for your worth in some of these ways. So five places we look for our worth. The first one is perfection. We look for our worth through perfection, getting it right all the time, following the rules, not making mistakes, or, or at least making sure our families don't make mistakes um, when others can see them. Right? We hustle for our worth in trying to be perfect. Now, if you grew up in the church... This might speak to you a little bit because unfortunately one thing that the church is very good at is catering uh, to this um, worth hustle. Um, a lot of times we, we support this idea that if you appear perfect that somehow you're more worthy. Um, sometimes we believe that never missing a Sunday or hosting unending Bible studies um, earns us our worth. And so we try to find our worth in our perfection. The next is performance. We try to find worth in uh, our performance. How high up the corporate ladder can we climb? How many boards and committees can we serve on? Do you find yourself worth by acting or behaving in a certain way so that others will accept you and love you and think highly of you, appreciate you? As a youth pastor, I see this all the time. Uh, maybe you were the class clown in school or the star football player. You know, whatever that looks like, there's an element of performance when it comes to hustling for our worth. So perfection, performance, um, and then next we come to the opinions of others. Maybe it's a boss or a friend or a group of friends, even a spouse, likes and followers on social media. What people think of you, of your looks, of your abilities, your social status, somehow determines how you feel about yourself. Your sense of worth is found in what others think about you and who they think you are. And then relationships. We uh, try to find our worth a lot of times in our earthly relationships. My worth is in who I know. Moms struggle with this like crazy. I can attest to that. A lot of times we find our worth in being the mama bear to our babies. Well, who am I? Well, I'm Sarah's mom. 
I'm Josh's mom. And then somehow when they don't need me to mom them the way I think they need a mom anymore, um, then that worth, that self-worth goes out the window and it's hard. Um, for teens, struggle, um, the struggle is often with boyfriends and girlfriends, right? Even just the title of having a boyfriend or having a girlfriend lends itself to a sense of worth. And it, it's different from the opinions of what those people think about them, but just having that relationship, being a mom or be, having a spouse, having a boyfriend or girlfriend um, lends itself to our worth and our identity. And then lastly, we try to find our worth in what we have. A bigger house, a better car, nicer clothes, amped up bank accounts, longer vacations, you name it. The more we have, the more worthy we feel that we are. Except that deep down it doesn't actually work that way, right? Because a broken bowl is still a broken bowl, whether it's in a plastic bin or a gold bin, it doesn't change the fact that it's a broken bowl. And it just gives us a false sense of worth. After I found out um, that I didn't actually know who my biological father was, I was quite broken, and I was broken for a lot of years. And in that brokenness for me, I hustled for my worth in all of these ways, all of them. I was desperate um, for worth. I tried everything I could to find identity, to find love, to find acceptance. You name it, I tried it. But instead of worth, all I kept finding was pain and ultimately more brokenness. Because here's what you need to know. And honestly, if you come away from this morning knowing anything, hearing anything, it's this one thing. Your worth cannot be found in something that another person can give you. Your worth cannot be found in something that another person can give you. Not your spouse, not your kids, not your boss, not your parents, not your friends, not the world, and not even yourself. It cannot be found in something man-made because people are people and people are broken. And if you are finding your worth in something that someone can give to you, then it means that in their brokenness, they can take it away from you too. And I'm sure um, there's examples in our own lives that are coming to mind, um, but here's a few. Little girls whose moms say, you're a good girl when they do something right, easily become a bad girl when they mess up and that worth is lost. Or worth that's found in a church or in the leadership of a pastor, and that's leadership or worth found in the church and in the pastor is destroyed when the pastor has an affair or leaves the church or something happens. Worth that comes from fame as the star football player or the um, next NHL draft or a professional dancer can be taken away in the break of a leg or the loss of a contract. Worth that comes from being a mom, from making lunches and doing laundry, I don't know why anyone would find worth in that, but they do, um, is gone when the kids leave home. Worth that comes from good grades is lost with a failed paper. Big mortgages need big bank accounts, which call for big paying jobs, and all of that sense of worth is lost with the loss of a job. Boyfriends and girlfriends, or even husbands and wives who give us worth can take it right 
back when another person holds their affection, even if they're not trying to, even if it's totally benign, because people are people and people are broken, and if we are finding our worth in something man-made, it can be taken away. And in my own hustle for my worthiness, in my, my attempts at putting my pieces back together on my own, I did not find worth. Ultimately, like I said, I just found more brokenness. Because in every situation I looked to, I was always counting on broken people to make me whole, including myself. Now, thankfully, when I was 14 years old, uh, I wound up at summer camp at Camp Hermanton. And although admittedly that summer I totally tried to find my worth in the attention from boys, I did, uh, it was there that I found Christ, that I found God. And it became clear, clear to me then um, when I decided to accept him and accept his plan for me uh, that my worth can only ever be found in him and in him alone. This summer, we were staying at our friend's house. Uh, Monica and Rick were here, and um, Rick is a, a retired art teacher, and he let us play with his pottery wheel. And so there's Rick and Josh. And um, I know, like, the movie Ghost, you guys have seen that movie, I don't know, maybe you don't want to admit to having seen Ghost, but the movie Ghost makes it look like it's this really romantic and beautiful thing. It's not. It's slimy and messy, and it gets everywhere. Um, and making anything that looks other than a giant heap of squish clay uh, takes quite a bit of finesse, as my son learned, or didn't learn actually, because he didn't really make anything other than a squished heap of clay. Um, but he gave it his own label, so it's okay. I love this verse in Isaiah. It's Isaiah 64, verse 8, and it says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And I'm realizing that if we are the clay, if, if we are the bowls that are broken and we're trying to put each other back together, we can't do it. It's impossible, right? Because one broken piece of pottery can't put another piece of pottery back together. It's not possible. They can't fix each other. All they can do honestly, is break each other more. Pottery can't make pottery. Try as we might, broken pieces cannot put broken pieces back together. The only thing that can put us back together when we're broken is the potter, is God. And so back to the story about my dad. Uh, this past March, uh, I was out driving with my friend Molly, uh, who's also here this morning, uh, when I heard God clearly tell me it was time. After 32 years, well, I guess I was seven when I found out, so it's been 25 years of not knowing who my biological dad was. Uh, and God clearly told me that it was time to look for him. And at first, I, I said, no. I said, no, I don't want to know. I'm good. You know, I'm 32, I've got this, you're my father, I, I'm okay with that. Um, but it was so clear to me that it was him, that it was God's voice, and he was telling me it was time to look. And, and specifically, he told me to look into one guy. So there's, um, there's three different men. If you've seen the movie Mamma Mia, that is my life story. Um, so there's three different men, and, uh, and I felt God tell me to look into this one guy, Mike, in particular. 
Uh, and thanks to modern-day technology and, and for sure the help of God, uh, within about 30 minutes of looking uh, late one night, I found him. I found the man who might be my dad. And I reached out. And what I got back was something I never in my wildest dreams expected. I found a man um, who is not only excited about the possibility of me being his daughter, uh, but a man who had been thinking about me my whole life. And I hope that when he listens to this online tomorrow, he knows just how much that meant. Um, his response to me finding him meant to me because I was blown away. And in that moment, I thought, God, you are so good. This is it. Finally, my story of brokenness has a happy ending. I'm finally going to find out my identity. My pieces will be put back together and I will finally be whole. And almost immediately, once again, I started to find my worth in something man-made. In, in me, in, in who I am, in who made me. I was back in a place where I was finding my worth in another person. Uh, in my newfound family and in my newfound identity. And all of a sudden I was worried about what they thought about me. Whether or not they would accept me. And honestly it almost broke me all over again. Not um, because I, I was or I am being rejected, but because once more I was placing my worth at the hands of people. And rejection and brokenness is always possible when that happens. I, if you think about it, it would be like me handing my favorite mug. I'm a big mug person. I love mugs. And I have one mug uh, that my children are not allowed to touch because I love it so much. And uh, it would be like me placing this thing that is so important to me in the hands of my five-year-old. Maybe like the wet, slimy hands of my five-year-old. You know, it's not a question of whether or not he's going to drop it. It's when. When is he going to break it? And that's what happens when we take our worth, something that is so important, so important to who we, it's everything. And we place it in the hands of, of those who are, aren't careful or those who are broken themselves. Now there's a, sort of this unspoken rule uh, when it comes to preaching or sharing uh, personal stories. You're not really supposed to share about stories when you're in the middle of them, especially if you're in the middle of the mess of them. And, and to be honest, disclaimer, I am still in the middle of, of this story, of, of this hard story when it comes to finding my dad. Uh, I'm still in the middle um, of having my cracks sealed up with gold, if you will, yet again. And those certain pieces of the story have come together. And God is so good for having given me that. There are still pieces of the story that are broken and that are sharp. Edges that still cut and bleed and hurt, not only me, but others around me. Others who have been impacted by this. But I know that my worth is found in Christ. But that doesn't mean that the healing process isn't hard. And it is hard. Uh, Jay says when he was putting these broken pieces back together, um, it was insanely hard. He had to work quickly to mix the pigment of the glue, um, careful not to mix too quickly so that he wouldn't get air bubbles. Um, and then he had to sit there and hold half a dozen pieces in place until it all came together as something beautiful again. And this is actually the third one that he made um, because the first one he did looked worse put back together than it did when it was broken. So he says. <laughs> I think that's funny. 
Thankfully for us, though, God is not in the business of giving up, right? He doesn't look at us and say, man, you look worse put back together than you did when you were broken. He doesn't say that. In fact, in Philippians 1 verse 6, it says that God is faithful to complete the good works that he started in us. Brokenness and all, mess and all. But here's the thing, and catch this, you guys. This is so important. We need to put our broken pieces in his hands, right? He, we need our messy, muddy, clay-like lives to be handed over to him. He can't work empty-handed. He can't put our broken pieces back together if we've handed them over to someone else or if we're convinced that we can do a better job of fixing ourselves than the potter himself. And the thing about the potter, which all throughout the Bible, um, you know, is God's metaphor for himself, is not only did he mold us with his own hands, right? It says he knit us together in our mother's womb, but he also knows what it's like to be shattered. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. On the cross, Jesus himself was broken by something man-made, our sins, so that, so that we could be found worthy in Christ, so that we could be made whole again. He defeated death, sacrificing his perfect and unbroken self to the enemy, clearing the way for us to find our wholeness and our worth in him. Total, complete, and yet completely undeserved worth is what we have in Christ, and that is the definition of grace. But when we're made whole and healed, it's not as if nothing ever happened, right? He doesn't just turn us into this perfect blemish-free bowl. We have scars and stories. God brings beauty out of our brokenness. So I am a vessel, a vessel that has been broken, like this bowl, by things I've done, by things that have been done to me, And by God's grace and his love, I have been put back together. But not for no reason, not just because that's it, I'm a piece of art and I should sit on a shelf now. I've been put back together into a vessel um, so that I can pour myself out for him. So that I can be used for the potter's divine purposes, whatever that looks like. He put me back together and gave me worth and identity so that so that I can love him and love others towards him. Pottery cannot fix pottery. Broken pieces cannot put broken pieces back together. But vessels that have been put back together by the potter can scoop up broken pieces. They can hold them and carry them until they're poured out at the feet of the potter and ready to be put back together. And that is what we are called to do. And because of this journey and this process of pieces being put back together with my dad, my dad's faith in God has been restored, which is really cool. Um, He's reading his Bible regularly, doing devotions and praying with his wife. 
It's awesome. It's amazing. And even though we haven't met yet, I know that on the other side, I'll get to spend eternity with him. So the potter is good. He is so good. And he longs to heal your brokenness with gold. He was broken so that you don't have to be anymore. All you have to do is place your pieces, your life, in his hands. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up, please. So I have a few questions for you guys this morning. Whose hands are your broken pieces in? Who's got your pieces? Where are you trying to find your worth? Are you trying to find it in another broken person or on your own, in stuff, in performance, perfection, opinions, relationships? Are you attempting to fix a broken bowl with another broken bowl? What does that look like for you this morning? And maybe you're, saying, you're sitting here and you're thinking, no, I've been made whole. You know, I found that, that worth in Christ. Um, that's awesome. Or then are you, I would ask you, are you offering yourself back to him? Are you picking up and holding the broken pieces of others and pouring them down at the potter's feet? Uh, we're going to sing uh, Great Are You, Lord, one more time. And my challenge to you as we sing is just to go over, um, look at the cracks, the brokenness, any pieces in your life, and ask yourself, where are you finding your worth? Is it in something man-made? And if it is, perhaps you want to try handing them back over to the potter, the one who made you, the one who created you in his image, perfect, perfect vessel in his image, and the only one who can give you worth and make you whole again. So the worship team is going to sing for us, and then I'm going to come back up and pray. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken.
There's just some cracks that need filling up. Um, what you need to know is that you are worthy in the eyes of God. The creator of the universe, as we believe it, the creator of the universe created you in his image and you were created perfect. And he wants nothing more than to hold your broken pieces in his hands and make beauty out of that brokenness but he needs you to give it up to him. He needs you to place those pieces in his hands so he has something to work with. Mm. He will always meet us wherever we are, no matter how broken, busted up we are. You know, the, the Bible talks about, um, Jesus says that he came for the sick, not for those who don't need a physician, but the physician came for those that are sick. And that's the God we serve. It doesn't matter what degree of brokenness, if we're ashes, dust, he will always meet us exactly where we are. But he will never leave us there. He will never leave us there. He is faithful to complete the good work in us that he has started. And my prayer for you this morning is that you feel that good work begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our good potter, we just thank you, first of all, for offering up your son, the one who was perfect and blemish-free um, and who allowed 
himself to be broken for us, who allowed himself to be broken on the cross for our sins so that we could be made whole, so that we could experience life, eternal life. God, it's all because of you, and it's all because of your sacrifice. And Lord, this morning, um, would you just meet us wherever we're at, whatever that broken, brokenness looks like, God, would you collect those pieces one by one in your hand, and would you make something beautiful? Lord, bless us. Um, go with us as we leave this place. Um, give us a good week. We love you. Amen.